Welcome to Selfish Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care, self-love, and self-indulgence. I'm Sarah. And I'm Morgan. And Selfish was created out of my desire to spread a message of self-love and putting yourself first. In a world that is designed and profits from running us too hard, paying us too little, and making us doubt ourselves too much, our goal is to support us all in being a little more selfish. Each week, we will talk about ways we care for ourselves, from therapy to astrology, self-dates to identity. We are two friends who love to talk about these things for ourselves, for each other, and for our communities. So each week, we'll journal about a topic, and then we'll come together to share our reflections with each other and with you. Come with us on this journal journey, and let's get selfish, fish. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It is a sunny Wednesday in Philadelphia. Yay! Back in Philly. Yes. yes. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's so warm here and summery, so feeling grateful for that. That's How are nice. you today? I'm good. I um, I had like the house to myself for a lot of the day today. It was very quiet. I didn't really know what to do with myself. It's like a moment you wait for, especially <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic. And then I was just like, I'm going to uh, watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pinky and the Brain. What will we do today, Brain? Same thing we do every day. Yep. Try and take over the world. Yep. Um, Lay so and watch cool. TV. Pretty much, pretty much. I just got to watch TV on the the big TV because no one was there. So, All right. yeah, not on my phone or something. So, um, yeah. Right. Very nice. So, um, I guess before we jump into the topic, we'll do our check-in question. Yes, ma'am. Right. So what's a pick-me-up for you? When you feel them down, what's something that picks you up? My pick-me-up, oddly enough, it ties into the topic. <laughs> Didn't even do that on purpose. My pick-me-up is cleaning. Mm. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it is. I really like cleaning. I discovered it, like, maybe a few years ago that that was a thing for me. I think it happened when I first started organizing my space and, like, coming up with better like cleaning and cleansing regimens for my home and then it just kind of became a thing that I did when I like I do angry clean so it, it helps calm me down and it also helps pick me up <laughs> <laughs> so like when the energy is just not flowing when I don't feel like mm. when I feel like things are stagnant in the house like you crack open the windows you mm-hmm. deep clean you reorganize I organized my drawers yesterday like okay. I actually did some organizing yesterday for the new moon. So <laughs> nice. I know I That's like wonderful. deep cleaned. So Wow. Yeah. That is great. I wish I could say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your pick me up? <laughs> uh I you 
you know, actually sometimes cleaning can be. But um, the one that I was going to share is uh, calling calling my people. Oh. Often, um, you know, when I'm feeling down, I have a, a list of people who I talk to. You're one of them. I'll give Stop. a phone call just to chat or, you know, share what's going on or hear how they're doing. And, um, you know, especially I have uh, I've moved around a lot. So a lot of my friends and uh, family and, and close folks are in different places than I am. So um, mm. it's a great way to stay connected to people and also always just brings me a lot of joy. So call on mm. a friend, phone a friend. That's really nice. That's a nice one. Yeah. That was good. (laughs) Usually going for a walk, too, because I'm not great at uh, talking on the phone just sitting in my apartment. I'm usually either driving or walking. So it's a great practice of, like, get outside and go for a walk, talk to someone, and usually um, brings me back from whatever I was feeling down about. Mm. Yeah. Nice. You just made me think of when I call people, I clean. (laughs) (laughs) it's like the physical meditation of like doing something else and distracting your body while you you talk and let it out i don't know there's probably something to it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i need to be doing something with my body when i'm on the phone Mm -hmm. i wish i could knit that i feel like that would be a good exercise but you can't i have tried and uh, i did learn to knit i knit one scarf it was (laughs) fine it was mediocre and then i was like all right well did that i'm not gonna keep going with it i learned Oops. enough to the point where i was happy i didn't really feel like learning anything more advanced mm. like and i didn't want to make a bunch of the same scarf so, yeah word uh, word yeah yeah anyhow <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'm sure it was a nice scarf also i'm sure it wasn't like blah no, I mean, it was fine. It was like a loop scarf and... Cute. It was a loop? It was like a full circle? Well, I... I, I yes. yes. Cool. I had to like It wasn't just a straight sides. scarf. Yeah. That's well, impressive. I had to attach... Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I should get back to knitting. Yeah, no, that's impressive. Like, you, you did the thing. Like, when I mm-hmm. went to crochet, I could just like do the finger crochet and just make a string. <laughs> Which is not impressive. I have crocheted since like a straight scarf, but I cannot imagine connecting the ends. That is impressive, yeah. and you should be well, proud. I found it on YouTube. Oh, okay. like anything, just YouTube, YouTube University. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about space. And how it impacts, how the, your outer space impacts your inner space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How was, how was journaling about this for you? <laughs> journaling, <laughs> <laughs> journaling about this became very, um, not chaotic. That's the wrong word. It wasn't chaotic. It was like very multi-tiered for me. So I had done like some preliminary journaling because I have a lot to say about like space and energy flow and cleanliness and cleansing and rituals and stuff. But um, so like those are the Google Keep notes like the oh, I just threw this in my phone. So (laughs) then the next layer of it was like this deep dive into because I'm in school into like ecological systems theory (laughs) and how we are people in an environment and in a society and our little ecosystem in a community and how like that space impacts us because I for some reason I felt the need to like start with 
defending the fact that space impacts you. You know, I don't know why I had that in me. Like, I, audience, listeners, I don't think that y'all are over here like, mm, prove it. But maybe some of you are. So <laughs> I felt the need to defend it. Like, it does. It impacts you. Here, here's the theories. What yeah. were you going to say? Well, well, I was going to say, not that I feel that you need to defend it, but this is not the first time this has come up, but where you have, we've ta- decided on a topic. And I'm like, I'm not sure I have much to say on this. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think actually, I think that, you know, just before we even jumped on the call, you were talking about ecological systems theory a little bit, giving me sort of the cliff notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we, for me, at least, like, I, I enjoy my space, and I definitely have some thoughts on it. But even just before we started recording, you were telling me stuff that already made me think deeper and more intentionally about space. So I think even for those that you don't necessarily have to defend it to, you are, you brought a lot of knowledge and there's a lot more thought and ways to think about space than I think we do just naturally because we're always in some kind of space. And so it's easy to not think about and just kind of be there, but bringing a mindfulness and a, and a, I don't know, more thought to it, I think is valuable. So yeah. Uh, I appreciate that you have this multi-tiered approach. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I'm excited to have this conversation. I am too. I am too. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm using my like very um what a beginner level of knowledge <laughs> about systems theory and all these things. Um mm-hmm. And to talk about space, because I care about it a lot. Like, I literally just, I, I mean, I, I try to clean with the moon cycles and stuff. Mm. Um, just because it's like a thing you're supposed to do. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Can you say to... a little more about that? Yeah. So like, whenever you're going to do, if you're someone who does like rituals with the moon, so like at new moon or at a full moon, um, part of the process is kind of cleansing your space and there's a lot like in spirituality in general there's a lot of cleansing going on like there's baptism there's spiritual baths like i mentioned previously in another episode um there's like cleansing and charging crystals cleansing and charging tarot decks so basically getting the bad energy off of it and then bringing in the good energy or the new energy um or your or putting your energy onto something So usually with a moon, you got to cleanse your space, cleanse, you know, your altars or wherever you're going to do something. So I always clean my room because I'm not someone yet who can just kind of maintain (laughs) um, and just put things back where they go and that kind of thing. So it's just a good practice for me in general to clean like on a schedule like that to like tidy like not just clean like I clean um but to like tidy and organize and like re reroute myself in my spaces um but it also is important to like cleanse the palate so that you can welcome in new things or or just or the purpose just being cleansing and just getting rid of the old things like you wouldn't cook on a dirty pan you know so you can't create in a dirty space or a cluttered up mind or yeah so that, mm. that's what it's all I like about. that analogy thank you yeah <laughs> can I ask another question yeah is there a, a distinction for you between clean and cleanse like if you're cleansing something versus if you're cleaning something not anymore 
No, there used to be. Like, I used to just clean. And then I think on my spiritual journey, um, when I first started getting into my spirituality, like, cleansing was a separate thing. Um, but now, I, whenever I clean now, I try to clean with an intention. Like, um, part of my cleaning yesterday was cleaning my windows. And I wasn't necessarily doing it. I mean, it didn't, like, need need to be done. But I was like, ah, I want to get more light in here. So I cleaned the inside and the outside of them. And I just kind of tried to, like, put a little intention, say a couple words over my little um, Mrs. Myers bottle <laughs> before wiping everything down and over the Windex, you know? Just setting an intention, like, this is going to let in light, and the light is going to make me feel good and bring in good energy into my space. There we go. Bing, bang, boom. Mm. So it's cleaning and cleansing. I don't I don't just clean anymore. I always okay. um, clean and cleanse together. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you writing about? What, what were you thinking about? Yeah, like I said, this is not a topic that I've put a lot of intentional thought to. Um, space is pretty intuitive to me. Like when it comes to creating my space or decorating my space, um, it, I, I kind of, I've always been big into decoration, um, but my decorations often hold sort of a sentimental or emotional mm. element. Like I'm not one to buy a lot of art, but my walls are covered in pictures of people close to me, of art that people have given me of gifts, you know, postcards, uh, memorabilia from different experiences I've had, or, um, you know, I do have art that I've bought in different places, but it Mm -hmm. almost always has a memory or an emotion attached to it. So I have this, I've just compiled this like uh, boxes of decorations (laughs) that travel with me and often that, that are, you know, travel with me from place to place. Mm -hmm. Um, So whenever I go into a new place, one of the first things is like decorating it, putting up things to make it my own. But there's also, so there's a mixture of like the aesthetic side, aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had it, you had it. Sure. (laughs) Yikes. Um, So the mixture of the aesthetic and functional, like I Mm. need my space to be set up to facilitate what I need to do. Like that is like the most important thing for me is like that the things that I want to do and to um, like get done, whether that's, you know, working, working out, meditating, cooking, journaling, whatever it is, I need the space to be like easy and clear. So for example, I... um, I'm always trying to drink more water, right? We're all dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and a way that I help myself do that is like every place in my apartment where I frequently sit and especially where I do work, I have a water bottle. So I have oh. a water bottle that's at my desk, my work desk. I have a water bottle next to my bed. I have one that's by the couch. I have one that's on the table where I sometimes work. And granted, sometimes I have to go and fill them, but I have... I mean, why do I have so many water bottles? I don't really know. I think it's from sports. I've just accumulated yeah, yeah, them over the years. But college. you know, so I just have my water bottles in places and it makes it really it facilitates me continuing to hydrate, right? So like I sit down, I have my water bottle that's always right here next to my desk and uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think about it. Um so so that's that's the most important thing I think for for me when I when it comes to space and and it's often 
it's it's kind of always a work in progress. Like mm-hmm. at any given moment, I'm like, okay, this is the thing that I need to tweak that will work better for me. So so right now I've realized the joy of having plants in my space. Yay. And so I'm sort of figuring out what do I need to create so that I can have more plants and have them be healthy. So like one of my projects, I always have projects on my <laughs> home projects, is like to create some shelving so that I can have my plants in this one window that gets really good light. Because I have some plants, but a couple of them have died because the light wasn't so good. So my next step is to get this shelves so that my plants can flourish. I want to grow tomatoes and cucumbers, you know, to have them. So um, I'm kind of always working in progress on on having a space that that allows me to do the things that I want to do and to, to that facilitates me like reaching my goals and and growing, which I think is kind of a nice metaphor. It's like um, like I'm a work in progress and. Ooh. And my space is also always a work in progress, and they kind of go hand in hand. A word. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, ooh. Yeah. Say it again for the people in the back. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am a work in progress, mm. and therefore my space is also. You know, <sighs> like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm working, again, with the plants thing, it's like I'm working on an area that I'd like to grow is connection to the land and being able to grow my own food. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm in an apartment. I don't have a yard or anything like that. But one way I'm trying to, I'm, I'm thinking about volunteering at a farm this summer, but also in my own space, I want to be able to grow my own herbs and vegetables and things. And so, mm-hmm. and, and it's connected to this connection to land and growing food and sustainability, preparing for the apocalypse, all of those things. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I want to learn to build some shelves and, and get my cucumbers growing. Uh, Look at you, <laughs> Barbara Morgan. I know, right? I'm Barbara so Morgan. impressed. <laughs> Thanks. I like that, though, the idea of, like, your space supporting you and, like, needing to have the things that you need. Um, I also appreciate that, like, you, ha- you have a good system. Like, you have a system that works for you and that you ma- you have the stuff you need. It feeds you like emotionally because you have you're surrounded by like art and gifts and things that people gave you that happen to just fit together aesthetically i don't i don't know more or less <laughs> how sometimes it's kind of eclectic sometimes it feels like walking into a, a teenager scrapbook but... but no but it's a vibe though like i lived with you i mean unless you've accumulated a great deal of other things which you may have you probably have accumulated more things but all of it it's kind of, of like stuff. flowed. Yeah, it all kind of flowed together. And mm-hmm. like you tend not to have a lot of clutter, which I find very impressive. <laughs> and you. is to me is like a blockage. And I think is the reason why I got so into cleaning and cleansing is because clutter is a problem for me. Mm. So you have a lot of clutter? I do or have a lot have of had? clutter. Um, my family has a lot of clutter. <laughs> we, we have a lot of things. We're a big family. We have a lot of stuff. Like recently we cleaned out the family basement. Oh, child. <laughs> that was so much stuff. Wait, how but many siblings do you have? I have four sisters and a brother. <laughs> I think that's important for people to know. Yes. Yes. So we all grew up in this house and we have like 30 plus years of things. 40 plus years of things that have just kind of floated throughout. Yeah. Plus like my parents' lives. So really like a jillion years. That's how old they are. Um, <laughs> 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 just kidding. 
exciting. Yeah, like clutter and just having stuff and accumulating stuff and not letting things go um, is a thing for me. And I didn't identify it until like I wasn't here. <laughs> um, I was off at college and like, I remember going to therapy and telling my therapist, like, I'm having trouble studying. Like I'm having trouble focusing on like my readings and just like, well, whatever. A lot of us do. There are other things going on too. But one of the things that she asked me was, oh, well, what's your study space like? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a study space. Like we had desks in our rooms. Um, like all the dorm rooms had desks in them. They were really crappy. Like they were bulky and uncomfortable. They had these weird rocking chairs. Cause I guess they were like college kids like to rock back in their chairs. So we're just going to put a little rocker on the bottom of this like waiting room chair and call it good. Um, they were so bad. So they were bad. so bad. Um, but that chair of mine usually had like clothes all over it. I usually had like just a bunch of random little things that I brought with me. Not necessarily that I was super emotionally attached to, but just like, oh, I should have some of my things. Like people bring things with them, right? Um, so I usually just had a lot of random memorabilia, then like all my lotions and skincare, and then all my like cups because your dorm room's also your kitchen. Um, so I didn't, you know, so I didn't really have like a space for doing work. Um, I didn't have like my own space for doing work. If I had to do work, I had to like go out and be with the people, which I don't like doing. So of course <laughs> I was having difficulty because I didn't have like a clear intentional space for to like give me what I needed, which was like quiet and comfort and like clear space, like clear space, clear mind. Let's just put that out there right now. Like <laughs> clear spaces are so good for your mental health. Um, and kind of less is more because a lot of things can distract your brain um, and just kind of weigh you down. There are a lot of studies on it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where my therapist was coming from. She was like, y it sounds like you just don't have a good study space. And I didn't agree with her initially. I was like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> but then I kind of looked at it like, oh, yeah, maybe I did not do anything about it at that point. But I did identify the issue and like now I really understand how your space needs to serve you and to serve a purpose. So like even if um, the, and like thinking about dorm rooms, right, we were stuck. We had a small space. We didn't have a lot of autonomy over what was in the room and what wasn't in the room because like they give you this furniture and that's the furniture that should be there at the end of the year. <laughs> um, so we didn't have a lot of control and they were very small. So even if I could have developed like a ritual to create a mental space, that would have been good. Um, and I think that that's... Clutter isn't always like stuff. Sometimes you're just... You can't help what stuff is where, but sometimes you need to like help your brain with that distraction that I was talking about and create a disconnection from the distractions for yourself. So like if I, well, I still have the same situation. I have a desk in my bedroom. <laughs> this is quarantine. So I have my desk here. My bed is right there. It's really tempting to just go do work on my bed. And sometimes I do. But if I do that, there's a ritual I put in place. So it's like we're sitting on the bed, but it's not time for sleep. It's time for working. 
Um, so if you can't make that physical separation, cause we don't all have the luxury of like, okay, but where am I supposed to put all this crap? Like I have a small space. Um, it's a mental separation. So like if you're sitting on your bed to go to sleep, maybe you turn the phone off, you put it down, you light, um, your not light, don't light a candle when you're going to sleep. Mm-mm. Um, you turn on your, uh, <laughs> you turn on your diffuser, you put some lavender out and, that is sleep bedtime or inversely if it's work time and you're on your bed then maybe you like turn on lo-fi music um you cut up an apple you get out your little lap desk or something and i don't know open the window i don't know like (laughs) but creating a ritual so that your mind knows where you're at because the the ritual creates a new space so yeah that's great um i hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about rituals um, in terms of using the same space. I'm very much someone who needs um, to be in particular spaces. So talking Mm -hmm. about college, I quickly learned that I couldn't do work in my dorm room. I had to go to the library. And actually in the library at our school, there were um, the, imagine there's these in most libraries on the very third, on the very top floor. So, which is, was known as the place where only the nerds went. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first floor was mostly social and group activities, open sort of floor plan. Yeah. The second floor was like a lot of shared tables, but with some quiet spaces. And then the third floor was like really quiet and separate. Um, But there were these like cubbies that were, facing a window so you had your back to the the room so you couldn't see people and were really just like focused in and I would go sit there because I've learned that um people's energy also really impacts space for me mm-hmm. and really change spaces for me other people's energy my own included um and so those spaces were really a like let's go we're gonna focus we're gonna get this done because um I am dyslexic so without really focusing on reading I'm not someone who can do a reading around other people and have it broken up by a conversation I just won't retain anything Mm -hmm. and my reading would take me significantly longer than a lot of my peers so I really needed to like focus in and have that space to allow me to focus and retain the information it took me a couple semesters to learn that but when I did that was my space my best friend in college she's one of those who would like climb into bed and be doing her math homework under the covers and she did that for all four years and power to her she's a teacher now and I know she grades in bed and she's able to do that which so I think it's different for everyone of finding the the space and the whether it's a ritual within the same space a ritual Mm -hmm. to transition into a space or just really needing to find somewhere else um even outside your own space because you know I recognize that not everybody has another room I my current setup in my apartment I have a room that can be that it has my desk and is my office it's separate from my kitchen and separate from my my bedroom so I have a space where I can really go and focus yeah um but that's not the case for everyone so sometimes it does mean going somewhere else I was a big fan um when I lived in a different setup where I didn't have a, a like sort of office space of going to a coffee shop and putting mm-hmm. on headphones and really again it was a little bit harder for me but I wasn't reading pages and pages at that point that was mostly writing and answering emails so uh, other people's yes. energy was not quite as distracting for me yeah yeah because you're already dealing with energy because you're sending emails communicating and, yeah right. communicating exactly mm, yeah I think um it is ideal to have like separation of space like if you can do that so like they really don't recommend like if you can help it don't work in your bed your bed is for sleep especially okay if you have insomnia and you're working in your bed and you have the option to work somewhere else 
get real girl <laughs> stop working in your bed um but if you don't have that ability to separate then like the rituals or going somewhere else i i have social anxiety so the going somewhere else like and, and putting on headphones then you can't hear what people are doing around you i don't know how people do that it freaks me out so much i tried so many times <laughs> to like go to a coffee shop put on headphones and just like okay i'm in my own little world but i'm just like everyone is looking at me <laughs> um so that didn't work they're not i promise i know yeah i'm working on it (laughs) that's all right you don't have to if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you yeah so yeah i try to just separate space that's why i got like my little desk um instead of like the roll up to your bed desk because that was tempting too it was like shoot i'll just work in bed in my pajamas um (laughs) that's called napping Yes, I still work in my pajamas, <laughs> but I am sitting in a chair, so it counts as work. <laughs> yeah, talking about um, like small spaces or spaces that we don't entirely have control over, um, something that I I did um, in in college, thinking of those those dorms that I shared with. Uh, I was in a quad, so there, but there was only three of us, but so there was a lot. It was a small space with a lot of people. And um, as I shared, I've learned that, you know, to be really kind of um, at home in my space, I do need to be alone sometimes or or I'm really impacted by other people's energy or just generally energy in space. In those dorm rooms, I I guess we could open the window, but there was only one. So it just felt very like stagnant and stale in there sometimes energetically. But I would find... And, and talk about that dorm, but this has happened multiple times in houses with roommates, just finding some small part of the space or element in the space or feature in the space that, that you connect to, that I connected to, mm-hmm. that brought me like peace and joy. So I remember in my first year dorm, there was a shelf that I had like lined all the books up and then put some little memorabilia decorations. I had this little elephant that I'd gotten in Senegal and then, you know, a picture of my family and like a little you know, uh, I don't know, um, what are those called? Fortune from a fortune cookie that was like from something that meant something to me. And that, it always just made me so happy looking at that shelf. It felt like something I had control over. It was like meaningful to me. It was organized. And even though it was one shelf on a desk that had like four shelves and everything else was chaos, that was one that felt like it it just like brought me peace. Mm. Um, I also, I shared an apartment with, um, I lived in an apartment um, at one point that was just real, real rough, <laughs> ugly <laughs> decorations, um, with a lot of roommates, uh, the, the, it was fully furnished, so I couldn't really do anything with the furniture. Oh. Um, and, and, oh, this is when I was living in France, so I wasn't able to like bring all my decorations and all my things because I'd flown over there for the year. Um, but I remember like, one of the things that brought me joy, I really didn't, it was like this ugly yellow color. The <laughs> ceiling was all slanted. The bed oh, was Lord. super uncomfortable. It was just that like, like the dresser was like clearly pretty old and like didn't work. The landlord was like not very helpful. So I couldn't get most of this fixed. And I was only there for like eight months. Um, mm. But I had a lot of open space on the floor and that became something I really enjoyed. So I would like 
you know, go for runs and do stretches or just like lay around or like dance or like, so that like open space was something that I'd never had a room with so much just unused space. Usually Mm. I'd fill that with furniture or do something. And so that became something I really enjoyed though. The rest of the room, the rest of the apartment was like not that enjoyable for me to have just something in a space where you don't have control that you feel some kind of connection to um, was, was helpful for me. I like that. And you made me think of um, Marie Kondo and her mm-hmm. her system um like does this spark joy <laughs> um but her thing is like everything should spark joy i think i don't know i didn't read the book let me not misquote but from what i understand from watching the show <laughs> um it's like you should be going through all of your things and it's like does this serve a purpose does this spark joy do i need this in my space um which if you can manage I'm sure. Well, I've done, I have actually done some of that and it is very freeing. It's nice. Cause then when you actually like tidy and clean up, it actually resets the space in a way that feels good. And like the space does spark joy, the whole thing, the energy's flowing, the lights coming in, the plants are growing, the birds are singing and your windowsill. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of having one thing, especially if you can't control your space, finding the thing that sparks joy and making sure it's there. Yeah, actually, so something um, I wanted to share in thinking about space, um, and this is from uh, the little self-care book for Pisces, as I've shared, I'm a Pisces, by Constance Stellas. It's, um, I'd recommend it for folks. They, they have a whole series so for cute. each sign. Um, so they talk about self-care, and then they talk about it for the element of your sign. If you're not familiar with astrology, each sign has a natural element, water, air, earth, uh, fire. Um, so self-care for all the three signs that are in that element and then specifically for your sign. So it talks about it sort of theoretically and then it shares very practical things. Um, everything from, look, I just opened it up. One of them is decorate with ocean hues and then it explains oh. why you should do that. Yeah. But something I learned about in reading this book that really resonated for me is that, um, so I'm just going to read this. Mm-hmm. The first action in self-care for Pisces is to create comfort, order, color, and cleanliness in her home. Pisces is natural at organization. This may be her way of creating a world on dry land that feels secure and controllable. Pisces can easily become overwhelmed by oceans of feeling, so knowing where exactly where exactly everything is soothes her. Which just resonated so strongly. I had not, prior to reading that, I had not thought about space and organization as a self-care tactic, but it's absolutely true for me. I'm one of those people who I rarely lose my keys or wallet. I put them in the exact same place every time I come home. And if they're not in that place, I lose my mind because yes. it's definitely gone forever. It's <laughs> the case. Sometimes I put it in a different pocket or something else, but I'm, yeah. there are, you know, some people who lo- misplace things frequently. I am not like that because I'm just like borderline neurotic on making sure my things are, it's, it's like really muscle memory and so yeah. things you know it, and I, I have to balance it because sometimes when things are not in the place where I need them to be it can be very like unsettling for me and More you know we can't control everything in the world but knowing these these things that help bring me an element of, of peace and care um, so just you were talking about like elements in the room and I mm-hmm. think this brought up for me an interesting um, aspect to this conversation of thinking about um the elements that we live within or are within yes. within astrology and how that interacts with um, with space and organization or energy, things like that. Yeah. No, no, that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, I was thinking of something else. The book that I thought you were going to pick up was the one that you were telling me about um, where the person was talking about how like your digital devices can also become a space of clutter. What was that? Mm-hmm. Essentialism? Yes. By Greg, by Greg McEwen? Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. I was thinking too about... I, so I gave myself a tarot reading recently and it said something to the effect of like decluttering your schedule like making sure Mm. that you don't have anything um any like frivolous stuff around and kind of like decluttering decluttering your schedule of things that don't serve you and decluttering your schedule of people that don't really belong in your space and I was like well hot damn (laughs) I don't think about my schedule as cluttered because we're in such a culture of like being busy booked and busy is a good thing but it's not always like if mm-hmm. if that if that feeds you, um, if it's totally necessary for your life to you know keep a busy schedule, but like if you can drop things <laughs> and it'll make you feel good, like what are what things in your schedule are you just doing? Is it moving something forward for you, or are you just doing it? Um, mm-hmm. I have things like that, so it was a welcome message. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it made me think of, you know, like my social media and how that can become cluttered with accounts that I don't care to see. Um, you know, part of the thing with like scrolling and social media kind of changing your mood and impacting your mood is probably because it's cluttered. <laughs> um, it's cluttered with things that don't belong there, with accounts that don't belong there. Um, your friends list, not like your literal friends list, but like your the people, the people in your circle, is that cluttered? You know, what else is cluttered in your life? Because any space can become cluttered. Like space doesn't just mean, when I think of um, space, I think of rooms and surroundings and environment. But your surroundings also include those things. Yeah. I was taking some notes as you were talking because there was <sighs> a lot of a lot of richness in what you just said. Um thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think I let me see if I can if I can piece this together. Um you know, I I think what you just said to me really got to kind of the core of why we are talking about this in this podcast, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, while, we, while we are talking about self-care, self-love and self-indulgence for the sake of everyone feeling good, we also are connecting it to a world that runs us too fast, pays us too little, works us too hard, makes us question ourselves too much, a society and a system that is set up, um, to, to profit off of us kind of doubting ourselves running too too quickly being super busy this mm-hmm. oppressive and you know um yeah oppressive system and society world that we live in yeah. and i think that one of the ways that this that that this continues capitalism in particular is keeping us really busy running at 110 percent you know not not having the time to slow down and reflect and really look at the like impact on on ourselves on our communities on what's happening here looking at the deeper because if we're moving at a million miles a minute or if we're overwhelmed with stuff if we are if there's a lot of clutter mentally spiritually physically in terms of our schedule it makes it really difficult to to see the more um underlying impacts right so like Mm -hmm. in a situation who's benefiting from this right or why is it structured this way you know if i'm i could give a lot of examples but i think that um 
we, we live in this culture that like values busyness and values, you know, having a lot of stuff and success is to, it is defined on quantity and, um, you know, having a million hustles and making a lot of money so you can buy a ton of things and being super busy. You know, I think about college where it was like, Oh, I'm so busy. And that was like a sign of like how well you were doing Mm -hmm. or like how connected you were or whatever. And I, I see that still in the work world, but but why? Like, why are we running that fast? What is it doing to us? What is it doing to our health? What is the point of living? Is it to be that busy? Or is it to enjoy the things that we have? If we're constantly running at, you know, doing everything and filling our schedules to buy a bunch of stuff, are we ever actually enjoying and grateful for what we have and what we experience? And are we able to tune into ourselves of when does something feel wrong? When do we know if, if what we're doing actually aligns with what, what, we're meant to be doing, but also what feels good for us or is it draining us? Is it a toxic situation? Am I, am I contributing to something that I don't believe in? Um, and you know, I hear this is something that I see on different accounts and people talk about of like rest as a radical act. Mm -hmm. I think that as always, that is, um, dependent on identities because different people have different access to rest, right. Or able to, or, or really like, you know, rest is afforded to different people in different ways. Uh, white people are able to be, if not rest in terms of sleep, but be restful or at least not be on high alert mm. and um, in, in, in spaces in the way that people of color are not afforded or right. They have to be on high alert there. There's not an ability to relax and rest because of how our police our life is structured. Think about police, you know, shooting Brianna Taylor in her bed. Um, so, so I just, uh, yeah, when you talk about, I, I just, I guess I want to like frame this conversation and remember that everything we're talking about is always, it is about the individual, um, feelings, happiness, health, all Mm -hmm. of that. And is connected to this like community and societal setup. Yes. And that's, that's ecological systems theory. Well, kind of. The theory itself is not that great. Like, <laughs> they've been kind of <laughs> developing it over the years because at first it was very, very, like, um, white. <laughs> but as as it's developed, it's kind of taken into account that the environment also includes, like, these systems of oppression and, like, the systems mm-hmm. of oppression create more problems like environmental racism. Um, something that I did write about is that um, folks of color are at a higher risk of living in envi- literally environments. So we're thinking about the air around their home, the water, the soil that are toxic and that are polluted because of environmental racism and the way that polluting sites are placed directly in communities of color. Um, so the, the encouragement to like take control of your space and to like have things in your space that make you feel good and to like do all these things is doubly important to me, to folks of color, because it's like, take control over what you can control. Um, love on yourself times two, like do it and then do it again. (laughs) There can't be enough of like loving on yourself and loving on your space and making sure that your space serves you, but also recognizing like it's not our fault and there isn't control in a lot of aspects. Um, I was thinking of the Flint water crisis this morning um, and how Flint still does not have clean water. 
<laughs> let's just put that out there. Um, mm-hmm. And there's not that control over that element um, in their in their environment. The water that you have access to not being clean is such a major thing and so impactful. And ultimately, the work that this podcast is called Selfish because it's about yourself and like doing things for yourself. Um, but ultimately, I think it's important to also lift up and understand that like there's so much there's only so much we can do and i think we should do all of it and do all of it times two to like our heart's content and also that there's more work to be done that's outside of ourselves and that's like on a macro level and on a governmental level and on a community level um that would ultimately take away the need for doing all this heavy-handed (laughs) self-care um that we are pushing um we still gonna push it (laughs) that's still what I pedal Mm -hmm. is taking care of yourself and making yourself feel like you're glowing inside and out um but also recognizing that there are outside powers that we don't have control over so I appreciate you bringing that up yes (laughs) absolutely um I am involved with an organization here called Philly Thrive which has been around for some time now but they um have been organizing to shut down the PES, the, I don't know what it stands for, PES oil refinery, which has been in a neighborhood in Philadelphia for 150 years. Um, All the surrounding neighborhoods are predominantly black, black and brown and poor folks. And it has been polluting the air and the water. Ultimately in, um, I believe January, 2020, they um, got the refinery shut down after it exploded um, in the neighborhood. Yeah. What? Um, and are now organizing with the company that has bought the refinery to organize for um, remediation of the site to ensure that the pollution is taken care of and to advocate for investment in the community and parks and job uh, preparation and all sorts of other things for mm-hmm. the community benefit. So, um, and I love being a part of Philly Thrive because there is this community element of working together, community members. We really um, center what we call frontline or fence line um, community members. So, are people who are really living in the communities around the refinery to be driving the work that we do. But there's also an intense amount of self care and community care of having, mm-hmm. you know, um, picnics, of doing a lot of affirmations with each other, food, song, you know, taking care of each other. Um, so I, I think it's, it's um, I just want to lift up that as this, as there is so much oppression and it can feel so big, there are ways to connect to our community and finding groups that support us doing this individual self-care um, to then bring that energy to the, to the community work to fight for, you know, sort of the, some of the structural change, right? Yeah. So that we can all be breathing air that is well, that is clean and is not, you know, harming us. Um, Yes, community care. I feel grateful. Yeah, I feel grateful to be a part of that organization. I didn't know that you were part of that organization. That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I got to say, I appreciate them as well. You know, just on the self-care bit of talking about schedules, I recently had a sort of cleansing of my schedule and reassessing every um, thing that I am involved in, how it makes me feel, how it feels within my capacity. And I actually had to take a step back um, from a role that I was in in Philly Thrive because it was really stretching me about, uh, beyond what my capacity beyond my capacity and, and for self-care I needed to 
not be involved to that same level. And I was really nervous to do it. I really felt like I was letting people down, like they were going to be upset or disappointed in me. And it was received so well. I was, I only received positive oh responses yes. of good for you. Like, you know, I'm glad we support you doing what's within your capacity. We appreciate you advocating for yourself and speaking your truth. And they found another role for me that is within my capacity, but is also contributing to the organization in a way that is meaningful. Um, so I just feel really grateful to see um, to how these these conversations of, of self-care and the individual care that we need is also tied to community care because I know in previous iterations of movement work and there are still places of, where communities uh, or where, where we are organizing groups of people and communities of people for societal change that there's this idea of like you have to give everything to the movement and you need to put your into yeah sacrifice exactly mm-hmm. and so as we continue to grow and understand that we need to take care of ourselves and contribute to the sort of collective efforts yes yes amen Mm. Mm. well that's the show (laughs) 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 there you go it's all been said um really though that i i appreciate you tying that in because that that is part of it like um and i you brought it home <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. what I, I wanted to get to is like we got to do that community care too and recognize that there's community care um to be done and it's not just about ourselves and you know because we don't exist as individual little beings <laughs> we exist mm-hmm. as part of a community um and mm-hmm. as part of and and as part of greater systems and society so yeah and our joy and spirits and health individually are important. Yes. Both and. Both, Both and. and. Yes. <sighs> All right. Well, there there it is. <laughs> there, there it is. Now there it is. Now um, there it is. Whoop, there it is. W- yes. Oh, man. Is it time for the suggestion? I think it's time. Ooh, okay. Um, so, time for Sarah's self-care suggestion. Um, so I encourage everyone to assess your space, um, whatever space means to you or spaces, we'll put an S in parentheses on the end, one or many, um, assess your space and how it's making you feel. Is there anything that you can do to cultivate space for yourself that supports your inner wellness? And then, you know, let us know, let us know what happened. Let us know what went down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did we get share rid pictures of with us. Yeah, did we get new things? Mm-hmm. If there's a, if if you assess your space and you ultimately you decide that you actually love it, that it sparks a lot of joy, let mm-hmm. us know. If not, let us know as well. We'd love to see pictures of space. We love to see people's you know decoration or what brings you calm or yes. you know, brings you inner peace. So tag us with your pictures in a little more selfish on Instagram. Uh, we love to see it. We love to see it. And thanks, y'all, for listening. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, Go be great. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.